Joining me on this episode of Dirt Tracker Conversations, uh, NASCAR Cup Series driver, team owner, um, all around just racer guy, Alex Bowman. Alex, I just had here not long ago, Zach Hampton, uh, sprint car driver Zach Hampton, who I'm sure you know about uh, on my show. And Zach is completely grinding it out right now, trying to make his sprint car career go. And, and I feel like, obviously, you're on a bit of a different level in the Cup Series, but I feel like your career has looked very similar with you, uh, you know, kind of grinding your way all the way to uh, to the point you're at now with, with Hendrick Motorsports. But uh, would you characterize it that way as grinding it out to the top here? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, my career path was was really interesting. I think when I was, uh, you know, probably until I was 18, I thought it would be easy and just kind of was able to be really successful really easily in everything I drove and um, had a lot of great opportunities. And then, um, you know, money runs out, opportunities dry up and, and everything gets tougher. and um, I think the struggles were probably good for me personally and made me really appreciate where I'm at and the opportunities that I have today. And, um, yeah, it, uh, it was definitely a grind. I mean, I went from, I mean, I got fired on Twitter like three weeks before Daytona, um, took a job driving a simulator and ended up at Hendrick Motorsports, um, later that year. So it's, uh, it's been a, a pretty crazy roller coaster and, um, a lot of fun for sure. Uh, Cup Series season has been over here for a little bit over a month. W what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? And, you know, is it just full bore on Chili Bowl cars at this point? Yeah, definitely. Um, my girlfriend said uh, last week, she said, I don't care what you do until the 24th, but you've been in your shop every single day since Phoenix. So the 24th and 25th, you're not going to the shop. Um, and the 26th, I go to Colorado. So Chili Bowl cars have to be done, loaded, ready to go um by the i don't know 2 3 a.m on the 24th i can probably get away with so um yeah just kind of been full bore on that we bent all three cars drastically last year um so it was build new cars i ended up building four and um you know tried to find the right situation to run for and it just didn't work out but um yeah so built four cars we really didn't start until really the week after Phoenix. Um, just a couple little things kind of were holdups. I attempted polishing frames, which is uh, the most work I've ever attempted at anything. And it, it didn't, it wasn't going to come out how I wanted it. So we had to kind of back up and powder coat. But um, yeah, just been in the shop tinkering. And it's, uh, I love, chili bowl and kind of the ingenuity the lack of weight rules and it was lack of any rules for a long time now they've started creeping in but um it's a lot of fun and i i don't know what else i'd really be doing with myself i mean i was here at 7 15 this morning um cleaning off benches and, and shelves and trying to get paired and be as ready as we can to uh to go to tulsa uh, I I I, th I think you know Brian Dunlap pretty well. Uh, works over at World Racing Group. Him and his dad Mike have a couple of midgets. I know Brian is super detail oriented with his race cars, and I'm wondering if maybe you're the same way. Uh, do you kind of fuss over every single part and piece on your cars? Yeah, for sure. Um, Brian and I are good friends, and he spends a lot of time in my shop. We hang out a lot, so we're definitely similar. Um, he might be like a step further than I am on the OCD thing. Um, he can't leave anything alone. Like everything has got to be remachined and, and changed a little bit. Um, you know, for me, 
I would say I'm 95% of Brian Dunlap. So um, it's, uh, I enjoy that aspect of it. Try to build really clean race cars. Um, I know Joe probably pulls his hair out um, on, on little things that, that I want changed or to do differently. And, you know, some of what we do on the Chili Bowl cars is it makes life really tough. Like we're, I think we're the only team in the country that has SR11s that puts the oil tank up front under the hood and that is really difficult with sr11 like the engine's really long there's not a lot of room plumbing it working on it servicing it all that gets really tough but i feel like the weight distribution's a little bit better so um they're they're pain in the butt midgets are tough in general but uh it's a lot of fun what is it about the chili bowl that kind of draws you back every year? I think you've been, I think I went and looked and, I, and you've been, you've been fielding cars since what, 2016, 2017. So, so why is it that something you want to continue doing year after year? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it has consumed my off seasons since 2015. We built the, the first car, December of 2015. And, um, I just love it. Like I love building race cars. I love having something to do. I grew up working on all my own stuff. Um, I didn't, I mean, I, I drove for some other people here and there, but really until I started racing stock cars, like I was the primary mechanic crew chief, kind of all of it on my race cars. So, um, I don't get to do that anymore, obviously. And I, I really missed that. Um, so we built the first midget and kind of went from there and, and I just love working on stuff. Like I, I love having something to tinker on, um, you know, I'm messing with them all year for the most part. This year, uh, I, I didn't have cars until pretty late, just with how long it takes to get anything these days. But um, yeah, it's I I don't know what else I would be doing right now. I, I know over the years, you know, even with your sprint car too, but but with the midgets, you always seem to have like some pretty veteran guys in your stuff. And, and you know, we've seen CJ Leary, we've seen Jake Swanson. Um, you know, why are those the guys you you kind of have in your cars or those guys you've just had friendships with? Or, you know, what is it about those guys that makes you want to field cars for those types of drivers? Yeah. So Jake and I grew up racing quarter midgets together. Um, we've known each other since we were probably eight or nine years old. Jake was, you know, probably the best guy that I raced with growing up that didn't make it. Um, you know, he did a lot with a little like I remember when he first started racing a midget, he had um, like this little Honda motor that he was, he was trying to make it with and, and trying to go racing with just cause that's what he had access to. So, um, you know, he's come a long way. Obviously he's, he's done a great job in the, the non-wing sprint car stuff and he's had some really good runs in Tulsa. So, um, you know, Jake and I have been friends for a long time and that one kind of made sense and, and has continued to make sense. CJ, um, the first year that I wasn't going to drive. So I drove 16 and 17 Ryan Smith drove it and CJ just walked in my trailer and said he wanted to drive for me. Um, and I kind of started watching and paying attention and he was winning a lot of races at the time. And, um, that following year he drove my car and honestly, we just kind of became best friends from, from then on out. I feel like, um, we have pretty similar personalities in, in a lot of ways. And, um, I don't know for the lack of CJ Leary fans, it's probably not a good thing, but, um, it's, uh, we, we get along great. We're both like really passionate, work on our own stuff, have big mechanical backgrounds. And, um, you know, he helps out a lot on, on the midget program too. So, 
Um, that he's he's been a great fit and continues to be um, as long as we can keep him calm down for the most part, and he's not standing on the front straightaway flipping anybody off or you know kicking somebody in the head after they they crashed him. So he's had he's got his own highlight reel, but um, it's uh, it's definitely entertaining for sure. Uh, what does your role look like during that chili bowl week? Like, are you at the bottom of the ramp, you know, ready to take the car? You know, if, if there's damage, like, you know, you kind of try to step back and let, I mean, do you have guys kind of handle that stuff for you? Like, but, but what does that look like for you that week? Yeah. I mean, for, for the cars, for the most part, I'm probably the most hands-on guy. Um, you know, obviously having Joe Gertie here, um, has, I mean, he's the wealth of knowledge there is insane. Um, but, for the most part, like he, he does a lot of the fab side on, on the chili bowl cars. Um, and he definitely helps put them together and build them. But I'm really the guy that does, I would say 85% or 90% of the work on the midgets in the shop. So I, I feel like I know the cars the best. So, um, for the most part, for a long time, we didn't tear anything up and life was easy and had a, a couple guys that would help me clean and maintenance and do tires or whatever. Um, and then last year we destroyed everything I owned. So it was like anybody with two hands could have worked on them. Um, but it, uh, I, I mean, I'm at the bottom of the ramp. I, I mean, I'm the guy changing flats or trying to put radius rods back on or, or doing whatever. Um, last year it was way too much of that, but, but yeah, super hands on. Um, and, and I love that. I, I want to kind of give you an opportunity to, to kind of talk up Ally a little bit. It's it's interesting to me that you have this sponsor on your cup car that also has backed your dirt stuff. And, you know, they're on your midgets. They're on your sprint car. How does that come together? What is that conversation like? Do they come to you? Do you go to them? Like, you know, how does that work with, with Ally supporting all of your other stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been across the board. Um, Ally, I didn't know how I was going to go when I took over the 48. Like, I didn't know anybody at ally i didn't know what expectations were going to be i didn't know how they're they kind of operated i didn't know what was going to go on and like the first things they asked me when i met everybody were like what are you passionate about what do you care about what can we be involved in with you and um really that obviously we've done so much with with homeless pets we raised you know hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point and continue to donate a bunch with with best friends and and help different local animal shelters um but then we started talking about the open wheel program and and at the time um you know i think i think it was really just just me and mark in here um didn't really have anybody else working i don't think joe was working here yet um we weren't really racing full time but it kind of you know like halfway through that first year with them on the 48 turned into let's do chili bowl um you know, we did some sprint car races in the middle of that year. Um, and that kind of turned into ally everything on, on everything. And, and they just, I think for them, they want to support me and, um, kind of be a part of all of it. And, and at the same time, you know, you've, we've seen them do a booth at Chili Bowl. We've seen them do banners at Chili Bowl. We've seen them really like embrace, um, kind of all of different aspects of, of everything they do. A- anytime they, kind of partner with somebody or, or go into a space, they go all in. So, um, it's been really cool to get to work with them on it. I feel like we have some of the best looking cars on the racetrack, um, which has been really cool. The ally colors definitely end up looking really good on the race car. And 
yeah, they're just super supportive of uh, really anybody they work with. And, and that's that's been really cool to be a part of. Uh, you've mentioned Joe Gertie a few times. He's obviously a guy that's been around the sport for a super long time and, and had all sorts of different roles, was a driver. Um, you know, how do you get into a, a situation where you get to hire a guy like that, where he's available to you and, and what has he really meant for your dirt program? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, first off, I mean, I, I called Kyle Larson. I'm like, Hey, I want to run some sprint car races looking for a crew chief. Do you know of anybody? And he's like, hey, I think Joe's just welding seats together at Butler. You should give him a call. So I did. And, um, yeah, he came over and, and he's been here since. So that's been, I mean, I've learned so much from Joe, whether it's working on race cars, putting stuff together, um, stuff at the racetrack. Obviously, he was a big part of me getting my feet wet and wing sprint car racing um, as a owner and as a driver. So that's been awesome. Um, Joe and I have become good friends and um, I just have a, a huge appreciation for everything that he's brought to ABR. Um, sadness, Chili Bowl is going to be his last race with us. so. That's a, a big bummer um, for for us. But, you know, I think it, it's not like uh, it's not anything bad. You know, he just was in a situation where he needed to live in Indiana and our shops in North Carolina. So, um, you know, I think the the where he's going is going to, to be really good for him. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's been awesome. And. Every day with Joe, you learn something new and you laugh your ass off at something. So it's always a good time for sure. I, I want to kind of take it back a little bit to kind of the start of your career. You know, we know you came up on pavement. You're, you're from, you know, the Western part of the U.S. Um, and you did a lot of midget racing, a lot of pavement midget racing. You did, you know, some, some dirt stuff as well. But as you kind of moved on, you know, you get hurt. I saw an article where your parents kind of convinced you maybe that stock car stuff was, was going to be a little bit better path. When does dirt like come back for you? Was it was it something you always wanted to get back to? Was it something where you, you know you got reintroduced to it? Like how, how does that come back in your life uh, later in your career? Yeah, so you know, for me, um I think it really boils down to like I didn't have the success that I wanted to have on dirt. Um and I, I felt like I had almost excuses for that or, or reasons for that, but like I, um, I ra raised quarter midgets and then focus midgets. And I won a bunch of dirt focus midget races throughout California, I raced Ventura, Bakersfield, places like that a bunch. Um, and then when we got midgets, um, we got a pavement car and a dirt car and I ran like some AMRA, like the Arizona midget deal, uh, at Manzanita quite a bit. Um, and like USA and, and some other places. And we were, we ran pretty well. Um, but it was kind of sporadically sprinkled in through, you know, pavement midget races. Um, pretty quickly got a, a pretty big pavement midget ride when I was 16. Um, and the guy I was driving for really wanted me to focus on that. Didn't want me to race dirt very much. Um, so I, I just didn't race much. Uh, when I moved to North Carolina, my plan was to race dirt a bunch more, and that's when I got hurt. So we raced a little bit more, got to where I felt like I could be competitive on the USAC national deal. Um, and then the second race of the season, um, you know, got hurt pretty bad. And we, we just never built another dirt car after that. Like we had some help to try to run dirt here and there and some people, we 
somebody gave us a car at one point and we just never really um, did much with it. So I guess what I'm getting at is like, I wanted to go back and get better at it and figure it out. And, and I just didn't have the reps and the races. And I mean, I've probably raced a dirt midget 15 times in my life, right? Like not enough to be good at it. Um, and, and there were points where I felt like I was decent. I mean, Chili Bowl last year, we were running really well. We were running third on our prelim night in the feature until we got crashed. So, um, you know, I think uh, it was something I wanted to be good at. And, and same with the wing sprint car racing. Like it's a challenge that I, I wanted to be good at. Um, and, and just unfortunately that uh, getting hurt kind of stopped that one too, but um, I'll, I'll definitely get back to it at some point. What is it that draws you to, to midgets, to sprint cars, to wanting to drive them? You know, I, I feel like it's, it's become kind of a common theme here with, with guys as they come up, you know, you know, Obviously, Bell, Christopher Bell is a big, you know, uh, open wheel guy. He's not getting to do it as much anymore either. But, you know, you've got Larson. You know, we've seen a, a lot of these guys. Tony Stewart is obviously a great example as well. But what is it about those types of cars that draws you to them? Honestly, for me, I think it's the mechanical side of them. Like, I love driving them. Um, quite honestly, a pavement midget is my favorite race car in the world. Um, probably the biggest pain in the ass to work on in the entire world, too. Um, the only thing worse than a dirt midget is a pavement midget for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, the mechanical side of them, just, I feel like I'm really comfortable working on them. Um, I feel like I've been pretty knowledgeable and, um, been do a, do an okay job. So I like that side of things and having something to do. I don't feel like I could buy a super late model and know what the heck I'm doing. Like I, I would have no clue. Right. So I want mechanical project and and that's kind of where i land just with with growing up how i did so um you know for me i think uh just having something to to do is is better than than being bored uh jumping into the seat of a a winged 410 sprint car uh not a joke by any stretch of the imagination uh you seem to take to it fairly quickly though we saw you have a bunch of good runs um, you know, who, who are people that you've leaned on for information? You know, who are those guys that you go to when you have questions? Like, you know, d was it like really scary or overwhelming the first time you did it? Like, you know, kind of talk me through the, the, the process of, of kind of trying to become a winged 410 driver. Yeah. Um, it was interesting for sure. I got thrown to the wolves pretty quickly. Uh, I think my fifth wing sprint car race was with the outlaws evolution. So it was like, um, you can't go anywhere faster than that. And I, I don't know. I think, I mean, Joe was obviously super helpful. Um, I lean on Kyle quite a bit and then, you know, a lot of people around the racetrack, um, Sheldon was really helpful. Um, you know, Carson Macedo, Cole Macedo were both really helpful. Apparently my dog wants to be in the interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's but, cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh a lot of people, Spencer Basin drove my car one night um, and it was pretty helpful. So, you know, I feel like everybody was pretty open about things and, and really helpful. The thing for me, like in a perfect world, you wouldn't only run with outlaws and all stars and, and high limit. Um, the problem with my schedule was that wasn't a reality. Like all the races I was able to go to were just super difficult. Um, you know, that first kind of trip I went on was, was local shows and, um, you know, we run top five and, and 
it wasn't uh, demoralizing. And then you you go to races with the the outlaw. You go to Eldora with the outlaws, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. So um, it's just tough, right? To to not have any experience, not know what a race, what a wing sprint car is supposed to feel like. Um, you know, Joe is not racing as much as he wanted to be. Right. So the notebook is thinner than you want it to be. Things are always changing. And I, I didn't know what direction to go with a lot of things. So it was really, really hard. Um, but I got a lot of great advice along the way and, and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, there were moments that we were way better than we ever should have been. Um, and there were moments we really struggled, but that's kind of just racing in general. Um, it, uh, it was definitely a lot of fun. I feel like one thing that, that a lot of people kind of see and assume and is that like, you know, the motorsports world is like very segmented. And I feel like once you're in it, you realize how not segmented it is. It's like, there's so much kind of crossover. And, and, you know, when I was changing tires, I used to have people come up to me all the time and ask me about the dirt stuff. Cause I was working for the world of outlaws and then, and then vice versa. Like I would be at the world of outlaws and have people ask me about NASCAR. And I'm curious what your experience has been. Like, you know, do you have people approaching you at cup races about dirt stuff and then vice versa? You know, how do the dirt fans kind of, uh, you know, accept you, talk to you about, about the NASCAR stuff? Yeah, for sure. I, I think everybody was really cool on both sides. Um, you know, you could definitely tell you, you can almost pick out a dirt fan versus a NASCAR fan. Like if you go to a dirt race and there's a cup race close by or whatever, you can, you can pick out the, the differences, but um, you know, fans on both sides were, were super cool and, and super receptive. I feel like, you know, I was trying to earn the, the dirt fans respect and um, you know, I, I feel like, I, I still want to do that. You know, I, I feel like I, I still want to win uh, wings per car races and, and get competitive and, and be able to do that. But um, yeah, there is a ton of crossover, right? Especially when the two are, are close by each other and, um, you know, drivers crossing over is only good for, for everybody, right? Like it, it brings new exposure to, to different racetracks and different series and, and whatever it is. And um, I, I, I saw some clickbait like Twitter post the other day that I'm quitting dirt racing. And it's like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like I'm not quitting. Like I've missed 10 cup races in the last two years. I need to not miss races for a couple of years and, and get back to where I can go back to dirt racing and, and not be so worried about it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I love dirt racing and um, I think that the crossover is definitely big. I, I, speaking of that clickbait type stuff, you know, obviously the the uh, interview that you did this last week with with Dave Moody and the series stuff, where you talked about you know kind of your current situation and and not running as much. Obviously, everybody understands, uh, you know, that you need to kind of keep the main thing the main thing, and and at the you know the other stuff is just extracurricular and fun. But um, one of the things I thought was really interesting in there was you talked about wanting to be a full time World of Outlaws driver in the future. Uh, you know. It, what does that look like? You know, when can we expect that? Is that, is that, uh, you know, is that something you've been thinking about for a long time? Is, is that something that's like an actual possibility? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think as long as I'm able to, um, as soon as I'm done cup racing, I, I would love to do the outlaw tour. Um, I mean, I think the areas of the country that I've never been to and, and that I want to see the life on the road, kind of all of it. Um, I, I want to do it for sure. I'm, I'm not uh like it's it's gonna happen um unless unless there's a reason it can't but um yeah definitely uh you know I hate that I can't 
that I can't race more dirt stuff. Right. But for me, like, I think I saw a lot of people think that it was somebody else's decision. And honestly, like, regardless of what anybody else said, like the decision was made before I talked to anybody else. I mean, I spent my 30th birthday laying in a hospital bed in a hospital that didn't have a doctor that could read the x-ray. So they're trying to call back and forth to another doctor to read the x-rays. I was there all night. Um, I went from leading cut points to, you know, buried, missed the playoffs, have a terrible rest of the year. I just got to like, at some point, like do what's, what's best for my career and what's best for myself. And um, I think for now that's, that's cutting back until I can really focus on it. Cause I think I also was like really struggling with not being able to race the wing car consistently enough. Like I felt like by the end of the night, I'm like, all right, if I could race tomorrow night, I feel like I'd be way better, but I'm going to race in three weeks. So, um, you know, when I go back to, to it, like I, I want to do it full time so I can get to a competitive level that I'm happy with. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I, I don't want to go there and suck. Um, and I know I'm going to suck for a while, right? It's new and I haven't done it before. And, um, it's, I'm sure going to be different when I go back to it, but, um, yeah, I, I want to, I, I definitely am going to do it. Uh, I do want to go back to that high limit night where, where you got injured. What do you remember from, from the crash? You know, did you know you were hurt initially? And then how scary is it to have to make that phone call? That's like, uh, Hey, Hendrick bosses, like, this is not going to go well here. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the whole time I was crashing, I'm like, man, these things don't hurt to crash at all. Like way less than a cup car. Um, and then I kind of like hung in the air and I'm like, mm, I'm still moving pretty good here. And when it landed, like it, sa- it sounded like I was at the chiropractor, right? Like that crunch noise. Um, and I know enough, like I know enough people that have been hurt the way that I got hurt to, like the first thing I'm doing is like trying to wiggle my toes and w- wiggle my fingers, make sure I can move and I could move everything. And I'm like, okay, um, I must've just like cracked my back. Like, you know, like, like you're at a chiropractor or something. So I get out and I'm hurting pretty bad, but I can move. Um, and I kind of went and saw the guy in the ambulance, got out of the ambulance went back to the trailer, couldn't get my fire suit off. And I'm like, "Mm, it's probably not very good. Um, And the EMT followed me back and he's like, you're not okay, are you? And I don't think so. So um, yeah, I mean, I knew something was wrong um, pretty quickly, you know, once once we got x-rays and they communicated back and forth with the other hospital and all that, um, realized that my back was broke and then just had to do a bunch more x-rays to make sure that I could get home and that everything was stable. So it was really interesting. Like you would think I broke my back. I would have had to been in a brace or something. And, um, I wasn't like, I just walked out of the hospital and sat down in the car and drove to the airport. So, um, definitely, uh, was an interesting experience for me. Not a whole lot of fun. It's part of racing. Um, unfortunately, it killed my cup season. Uh, that was really a bummer. And, and calling Jeff and Mr. H, I was terrified. Um, because when I first asked Mr. H about it, he's like, 
yeah, you can do whatever you want, but don't be dumb enough to go and get hurt. And look what I did. So, um, but they couldn't have been more supportive. Like they were incredibly supportive through the whole thing. Um, you know, just helped me however they could. Um, it was my 30th birthday. So the team had a surprise party for me the next day at the shop and they pushed me around in an office chair the whole time. <laughs> it was pretty entertaining. Um, but yeah, kind of the standard deal, uh, rear end blows through the butt bar, goes through the bottom of the seat, seat shrinks, body shrinks, break your back. So, um, unfortunate, but I think I'm at a little more risk of that on the sprint car side of things, obviously being quite a bit taller, um, than, than most. So that's, uh, I'm kind of wadded up in those things as, as it is. And the lower you get the seat, the more apt you are to having that happen. And, um, here we are. So live and learn and, and move on from it. You had a, a kind of a, a couple of different guys in, in the car for the rest of the year. Jay obviously drove it a little bit. You had Hunter Schoenberg drive it at, uh, at world finals. I know you said that you're probably going to scale back that sprint car schedule next year. Have you thought about what that schedule looks like? What races you could go to? Who's going to drive the thing? Have, have you kind of talked about or, or thought about all that stuff yet? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, we kind of had a plan put together um, until Joe got the news that he needed to move to Indy. Um, so that kind of changed some stuff. And um, yeah, I'm not sure what it's going to look like. But the biggest thing for me and I hope, I hope everybody can understand this. It's like, I started the whole thing for fun. Um, and 2023 was not fun for me at all. Um, you know, we, we tore up a lot of stuff, uh, me included. Um, but it was super expensive. We really struggled. Joe was on the road all the time. Um, you know, he worked his butt off and we were kind of always a little bit behind, always struggling. And it just got to the point where like, I'm in, I'm in the shop every day trying to run things and order things and organize things and clean and stay on top and help out. And it just got to the point where it wasn't a whole lot of fun. Um, and, and I kind of just want to get back to having fun. Um, so, you know, if we only run 10 races, we only run 10 races. But I'm just going to go race with my friends, um, probably smaller races, right? We don't have Joe. We don't have a, a dedicated crew chief. It'd be a little bit foolish to go to big shows without that. And I feel like I just want to go race with my friends and, and hit shows here and there. That makes sense and that we can have fun at. Um, I'm super fortunate to have a couple guys on the cup side of my team that have sprint car experience. Um, if you think Brian Dunlap has OCD, Andrew Siemens has OCD times a thousand. He is the cleanest, most perfectionist person I've ever met. And that has been a huge help for me. Um, he's been in here a lot, helping me with the chili bowl cars and he's going to continue helping. Um, and then there's some other sprint car guys on my team, like Ty Sipes and, um, he's, he's all in to help out too. So we're just going to go have fun. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like, but. Um, I'll figure it out eventually. I've got to look at schedules and see what makes sense and uh, kind of go from there. It's funny you bring up Andrew Siemens and Ty Sipes because I just had uh, George Laux on the show who worked with those guys at, at Casey Kane Racing back in the day. And, and 
Do you see like a difference between those guys and like some of the other cup crew members? I, I feel like there's this pipeline of, of guys that come through KKR and, and it seems like those guys seem to do really well when they come to the NASCAR side. But do you see things that like set those guys apart from, from other people? Yeah. I mean, obviously, so Ty's my car chief um, and he's a really good guy. He does a really good job with the guys and being a car chief is so different today than, than it used to be. But I feel like, um, you know, he's a, he's a good leader. For those guys, Andrew, I've worked super close with. He's done my interior stuff for the last, I don't know, five years or so. Um, and he's like the most detail-oriented person I've ever met in my life. Um, so I'm sure when he was at KKR, their stuff was probably the cleanest it's ever been. But yeah, I mean, I, I think both of them do a good job. I think just the Outlaw Tour in general really sets you, as a crew member, sets you up for... Um, success at at whatever other series you're going to go to just how grueling it is you know how you have to be on top of your stuff and if you're not it just multiplies and kind of manifests after you know 20 nights on the road like it gets worse and worse and worse and um if you keep your stuff how it should be every single night it makes life so much easier throughout the year so i feel like if that's a learned quality of somebody they're going to carry that over to the cup side and um then when they have way more time, it only improves things. So I think they've both done a great job and I know George too. Um, so, so yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, the, the tour in general sets people up really well and uh, Casey's stuff's obviously really successful and really nice too. So I think uh, the work ethic over there helps out too. Uh, since you have all of these midgets, you know, in your shop, is, is there ever the, the desire or the draw to like, Hey, maybe we'll go hit some Indiana Midget Week shows or like, is, is there any ever thought of, of any outdoor stuff during the season? Um, we did the math last night because we were scaling a car and, uh, I'd have to bolt on a hundred pounds to go outdoor racing. So it's not, I mean, we started like parts that I could change and we, we got like 30, 35 pounds of it. And I'm like, I I don't know where I'm going to bolt 75 pounds, 65 pounds on a midget. Like it's kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think my cars are super light. I mean, they, they are with the chili bowl rule changes. Um, they're USAC legal frames now. Um, obviously chili bowl in 25, you have to have like the, the frame rail thickness rules are going to come into play. So um, three of the cars that I built this year are that way, just so hopefully I don't have to build cars again next year and can, can run these again. But um, I would like to, I just would have to build another car. Honestly, the way these cars are built, I don't think you could really race them outdoors and be successful. Even if you bolted all that weight in, um, I don't have gauges. I don't have a tack. I don't know that how my cars are built, like I wouldn't be comfortable at, you know, some places our front ends are super light. A lot of the bolt-on parts are super light. I would probably have to change a lot of that stuff. Um, for a long time, all I had was wider wheels. Which now we're going to Chili Bowl with 46 different rear wheels because they changed the tire rule and nobody knows what width wheel to run anymore. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'd have to build another car. I would love to. I love midget racing. I think it's great. I think it'd be greater if the kids would stop running over each other, but that's what they do. It's midget racing, I guess, allegedly. So, 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know, maybe someday. Um, but it would have to be a bit heavier for sure. When we talk about, uh, you know, guys that kind of go back and forth, uh, back and forth between car types, I, I feel like Kyle Larson's, his, his superpower is the ability to just jump in a car and go. Like there's, it seems like there's no transition period whatsoever. Um, do, do you see that also? And, and how, like when, when you go back and forth between car types, like how long does it take you to get comfortable when you go from the cup car to the sprint car and then back to the cup car again? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Kyle's the top of the list on that. It's incredible to watch. Um, you know, I think a lot of that comes from, he grew up racing wing sprint cars. Um, you know, the thing I, I don't, the wing sprint car success, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful manner at all, because I think he is the greatest race car driver of our generation, hands down easily. Um, the wing sprint car thing isn't the impressive one to me. It's getting in a dirt late model that you've never driven before and instantly being successful. It's getting in the things that he hasn't done before and being successful. If there was a World of Outlaws pavement midget series, like what I grew up racing, I feel like I could get in and instantly be successful and beat those guys, right? Because it's what I grew up doing. Um, I went to a pavement midget race last year and we broke super early and it was a bummer. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think doing the things that he hasn't done before, that's that's the really impressive thing to me. Um and yeah, he gets in everything and, and makes it look easy. But for me, like getting in a cup car is pretty natural. Um, you know, been doing it long enough. The cars continue to change and the next gen car kind of is a lot less comfortable to drive than the old car was. Um, there's a lot less margin for error in the next gen car. So that's, that's a little more difficult sometimes. But, um, yeah, I get in a wing smart car. If I haven't driven it in a while, I'm like, oh man, what do I do here? So um, it definitely takes a bit for sure. And, um, you know, I think it, after so many hundred races, that goes away, right? But it's, uh, it's tough at first. Is there anything that you can take from, from sprint cars, midgets, even pavement midgets that helps you be successful in a cup car? I, obviously, way more weight, way different power ratios. Um, you know, all the stuff is, is very different. But is there anything you can take back and forth? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought the wing sprint car helped me in the cup car for sure. Uh, you know, they are so fast. Um, they slowed everything else down for me for sure. Like I remember my first couple of wing sprint car races, like I wouldn't breathe. My heart rate was maxed out. I would get arm pump. Like I was dying. Um, and now like if I went and raced a wing sprint car, like while I was doing it, so eight months ago or whatever. Um, it was, it was, you know, low heart rate, like a little more intense than a cup car, but pretty normal. Um, but those first couple ones were, were big. And I feel like just how quickly everything happened, like it really slowed things down in the cup car. Um, you know, the wing side of things, like you still have to deal with dirty air. You still have to think about those situations. So I think that stuff carries over. Um, you know, I think the pavement midget stuff really, it might've almost created bad habits for me because I, I wanted and still want really loose race cars. Um, I think with the next gen, it's changed a little bit, but, um, you look back at like when we were racing that 550 package, um, 
compared to my three teammates, like I had the loosest car by a mile every week and I had to be, or I was complaining about it. So, um, definitely felt like that was a, a pavement midget thing, just how loose you had to drive those cars to, to go fast. But, um, yeah, I mean, everything has its different, different strengths you can take from them. Um, you know, late model stock guys have, have their way of doing things like Josh Berry's really good at certain things. You know, everybody's kind of got their strengths because of what they grew up racing. Uh, I'll let you go here pretty quick. I want to know about, you know, you talk about the mechanical side of the sport being something that really draws you in. You like working on your own stuff and, and not being able to do that as much on the cup car. Do you still try to get in and be nuts and bolts level? And and I'm, I mean, are you in there with with crew chief and car chief looking at everything on the cup car and trying to understand how things work? Does that make you a better race car driver too? You know, how does that work with, with you kind of getting involved on the cup side? Um, yeah, so I, I, I really... I don't on the cup side. I mean, it, it, the engineering side of things, especially with next gen, like it's so different. Um, I kind of felt like I had just started to understand how stock car worked a little bit with the previous gen car and then throw all that out the window with this new car. So, um, yeah, just they're so different. They're honestly so complicated. Like it's, I, I don't really. I look at a next gen car and I really don't want to work on it. It just looks really difficult to work on. It's kind of like a pavement midget. Like everything looks like a pain in the butt. So, um, yeah, I mean, Blake and I obviously go over things and I feel like, like I have the ability to understand why certain things work and kind of like the mechanics and physics behind everything. And just with, with having a super mechanical background, um, but honestly, I think I, I kind of, when it comes to my job, like I kind of got, got broke away from the, Hey, I feel like we need more right rear spring, um, feedback aspect pretty young. Um, my first ride driving for somebody else, that's kind of how I knew how to describe a race car because I was crew chiefing my own cars before that, um, or my dad was, and you know, I didn't, I didn't really break a corner down. I, I would just kind of know what I wanted changed in the car. And the guy I drove for when I was 16 did not like that. He, he would yell at me about that. He'd be like, I'm the crew chief. You're the driver. Tell me what the car is doing. So, um, from then on, just kind of really tried to stick with when it comes to driving cars that are my job, um, tried to stick with, you know, the, the exactly what the race car is doing. So, while I do enjoy the mechanical side of things, um, my brain doesn't work with a laptop. I don't have an engineering degree. Um, so I don't think I'm allowed within 10 feet of a, with a, a wrench in my hand of a, of a cup car these days. Uh, last question. What is your, you know, once we get kind of past Chili Bowl, then when does like full on NASCAR prep start? Like what does your, your January and February look like leading into, into speed weeks and, and the 500? Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, I've been training pretty hard still through the off season. Um, so that's kind of my NASCAR prep, right? Like we can't go test anywhere. We're not doing anything. So just training and, and trying to be ready to go for, for LA. Um, I'm sure we'll go to the sim the week before, two weeks before, but, um, yeah, kind of full on after Chili Bowl, a lot of production days, a lot of photo shoots, a lot of, getting all that stuff out of the way. Um, 
really after chili bowl it's kind of like come home unload oil down the fuel system so they don't rot away and then uh don't look at everything for a couple months because i'll probably be sick of it but um yeah it's uh i'm consumed from phoenix to chili bowl and then after that i try to get away and go back to the cup side and focus on uh what pays the bills to be able to do this well, Alex Bowman, I certainly appreciate the time today. Uh, it was great to get to talk uh, dirt stuff with you. And uh, good luck at Chili Bowl and uh, good luck with your uh, cup stuff next season. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.